This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for football. Salah. Let's take Cancelo off. Brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Absolutely sensational. Just for kicks on BFM 89.9. Hello and welcome to Kicks, the Notts County edition. Uh, more about that later. Uh, we have three pundits today. We're going to be covering Champions League, Europa League, Europa Conference League, English Premier League, Sea uh, Games, Malaysian Game, everything. My goodness. And our three pundits today are representing Notts County, Bob Holmes. Uh, good to be here. Uh, what a week. Eh? What a week. I'm surprised you're. I- you're awake and alive. Well, be. even even down to uh, the early hours of this morning, there was drama, wasn't there? Yep. Let's, let's hope it continues. Yep. And we have Gogolin. Hi, everyone. Good to be back again. Great to have you here. Uh, he's he's thrown away the Aston Villa jinx on uh, mm. just for kicks. No big deal. And we have Des Corkill in goal. Who plans to... Put a, a little bit of a downer upon all the festivities and all the uh, the heroics of Manchester City. I've got to bring a little bit of financial reality into the into the forum. But um, yeah, great week, fabulous week for football. Well, Des, let's uh, let's uh, do that right now. Let's go straight into the semi-finals of the Champions League and Man City four, Real Madrid nil. I don't think I've seen such a fluid attack from all angles display from anybody and Real Madrid are just blown out of the water and you're now going to tell us um, that uh, we should not get so close. In football, in superlatives, incredible. A, a truly incredible display. It's amazing what $2 billion, a state, um, very, very dubious activities, uh, being under a suspension for, uh, a suspended suspension for uh, European football. And uh, manipulating goals to, to your um, to your advantage. It's amazing how much success you can get when you when you've got that. I'm not taking away from the football. The football was superlative, but football is ultimately meant to be about a kind of level playing field. And Manchester City are not playing on a level playing field off the pitch. It gives them too many advantages, even over a state team like Real Madrid. That's how obscenely uh, offensive. The financial irregularities. No, 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 no. I have to. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Magnificent. We cannot talk. We cannot. We cannot say that. Magnificent. Because no, no. Real magnificent. But Manchester City are facing today. Calm down. I'm blowing a whistle. I'm blowing. They're facing a hundred. I'm going to come back to you, Des, in a moment. But 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 Gogolin, you just have to go quickly. No, how can you say that Real Madrid is not playing the same level field? They all the time they buy players that are you know they don't even need. They buy players that are always on the market for astronomical sums. All right, this is a team in transition. That is about it. This team is hasn't spent enough in the in transition. Look at Barcelona; they spend money they don't even have. So the La Liga. Team, this is my point, Gogs. Yeah, this is my point. The, La Liga, the financial the La, average yeah, of the top clubs. I, I understand okay. your point on Man City. All right, all right, but La Liga you're, teams are operating on a different level. All, yeah, altogether. you're absolutely you right. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say we're gonna talk about the football now, and so I'm gonna turn to Bob Holmes, the the <laughs> the, the, the voice of reason. Uh, Bob, I, I guess the question for Man City is: Do they book the double decker bus after they've won the league, after they've won the FA Cup, or do they wait until they've won the Champions League? Well, they might need a triple decker then, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's it's hard to just talk about the football. Um, it, it is you 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 cannot uh, as much as you want to eulogise 
the performance on the field. You can't ignore what is going on behind the scenes. But let, let's at least try to give some credit. Uh, I think you've got to give it to Pep Guardiola here um, because money has always been thrown at, at football in attempts to win trophies. And this is actually seven, the uh, seventh attempt by Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. So it's certainly not inevitable. And uh, you talk about Real Madrid. When Real Madrid uh, had their Galactico policy, they didn't win a thing. It was only when they abandoned it that they start to, started to win again. I mean, Manchester United have, and Chelsea have spent almost as much as um, a city. And look where it's got them. You've got to have both. You've got to have a lot of money, yes, and you've got to have a brilliant manager. And in recent years, City and Liverpool have had that. I think most, most of us here would have to agree that Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp are the two best in the business, and they got the backing. Liverpool was on a totally different scale, and they, uh, they pushed City to within one point on two occasions, which was, uh, I think, an unsung um, achievement. Um, and, uh, yeah, they had and, more and, success in Europe, Liverpool. But you know, to hang on to City's tail that closely by uh, and yet only spending a fraction of what City was spending was was an incredible achievement. But City is not inevitable. Look at PSG; they've spent as much as City. They're a laughing stock. You have to have the manager as well and the the organization. Yeah, it's not Abs- just ab- the money. Absolutely. And before we get on to the Milan derby, Goglin, uh, I'm going to invite you to eulogize our, about Man City. Uh, they made uh, Real Madrid look terrified. Agreed, agreed. I mean, I, we, we, we were speaking about this on the Monday show also. The Real Madrid are a team in transition right now. So they, I mean, i never seen Modric look that old on the pitch that day. You know, Tony Cruz, Modric, they, they, they looked their age, right? So I think uh, City just, just, pressured them, they went out with a game plan. And key point here is he didn't change his team. He's played the same team. The tactics are the same. He hasn't met, he hasn't, like I said, the only team that can be City are City. And they they went out there. The crowd was behind them, but from the final whistle, the relentless pressure, they lose the ball. They lose the ball for maybe tops less than a minute. Two players are back there getting the ball and at the at the Real Madrid half. Not even the half, the Real Madrid box. So I really, really couldn't even get out of their half at one point. And if not for Courtois, it would have been uh, hammering. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Des, the Milan derby, uh, Inter are through to the final. It's going to be Inter and Man City. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think there's much to say about the, the game itself with Inter and AC Milan. But do you think Inter stand a chance? Um, it was one in the first leg, this one. The atmosphere was absolutely incredible. Even on television, you're kind of, the hairs on the back of your neck are standing up. That's that's what it, it really is all about. Uh, there used to be financial doping in, in Italian football. There isn't any more. That, 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 there is that, that we know of. Sort. There is of a sort, but but not in the, the same degree. So the, um, the Inter Milan, one of the giants of uh, European football, will go in as underdogs. Um, they're a neat and tidy team, but uh, I think when you've got um, uh, tomorrow uh, as your centre-back who, who can't even get into the England squad despite an awful lot of lobbying for him as, as kind of your, your, your main man defensively, I, I think they've got one, one or two issues. It, there's, a, there's a lot of 
ex-dropped um, English Premier League players. So if Inter do get something out of the final, it'll be as big an upset as when Jose Mourinho took them to that final win with, what was it, 20% possession or 10% possession uh, against Bayern a, f- a few years ago. Um, but you can only see Man City winning it. But for Milan, fabulous, back at the top table of, of European football. And um, uh, it, it, it's great to, great to see big clubs with fantastic support getting there. Uh, Goglin and Bob, either of you think that uh, Inter... Uh, this is famous last words, but do you think that Inter have a chance uh, against Man City, uh, Bob? No. Um, <laughs> they've done it once um, with uh, Jose Mourinho uh, and uh, with the help of a Icelandic volcano erupting, which upset uh, Barcelona's uh, travel plans, if you remember. Mm. Um, they had to go by bus to Italy. It's a long way. Um, no, they need something like that. I uh, don't think you can order uh, order one of those. And Mourinho's doing his I, stuff at uh, at Roma. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Mourinho wins another European trophy. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if Mourinho did arrange that volcano. I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, Goglin, do you think Inter have a chance? I, I personally think so, because in a Champions Ooh. League final, the pressure is ratched up too much. The, the the favorites are always feeling the pressure. You know, this it's, it's been notoriously times where the favorites have failed at the big stage. City are purring like a finely tuned engine. They will have a couple of finals played before this Champions League final. So it comes down to that. And Inter, let's I mean, they have they have a great side there. I, I, everybody's writing off Inter. You know, they're saying that you know after what City did, Real Madrid. But again, remember, Real Madrid was a team in transition here. So Inter are relatively also a, a young team. So. It's not Go- Goglin, are you just talking it up or, or do you actually believe that? No, I, I think the Champions League, a Champions League final is all square. You know, the favourites, yes, of course, City are favourites, but it's not going to be all one-way street. And I think it, it won't be all up the way. It might be a sneak, they might sneak it in a one-win, one-nil win, two-one tops. They'll okay. win it. I'm saying in my heart, I know they'll win it, but it's not going to be that as easy as that second leg that day. Yeah. Okay. All right. And in a moment, we're going to come back. We're going to do Europa League, Conference League and Premier League and oh, just everything here on Just For Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just For Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just For Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back on Just For Kicks with me, Goglin, Bob and Des. And now we struggled to find highlights, etc. on the internets for AZ Alkmaar versus West Ham, uh, which was the conference league. We'll come to the Europa afterwards. And uh, no, no, sorry. That is the Europa. I can't have lost. No, this is the conference. 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 (laughs) Okay. This is the, this is the league one playoffs. And um, uh, Bob Holmes, West Ham are through to a final. I think it's the first one in like 1979 or something. Uh, Yeah. You're not far off. 76. Um, Yeah. Yeah, a great uh, achievement for West Ham. Um, one observer said that he'd never seen David Moyes looking as happy um, at the end, as he did at the end of this. Uh, I think it's quite an achievement because they've been uh, struggling against relegation uh, whilst um, campaigning in Europe. Not easily done, playing the Thursday, Sunday night shift and having to keep uh, an eye out for the um, at the bottom of the league, they um, I think ma- mathematically they could still go down uh, with really? with a couple of freak results. Um, looking at the table, uh, they've got thirty seven points. Everton 
have got 32. Everton could get 38 points. Forest They've still got could, Forest to play, Bob. Uh, <laughs> uh, West Ham, uh, West Ham think, haven't got Forest to play. Oh, I thought they um, did. My apologies. No, I think they're uh, safe, aren't they? But they're well, they're point. virtually safe. They're virtually yeah. safe. Yeah, it take it takes something incredible. But then we've had incredible uh, turnarounds this week, haven't we? Um, but we'll we'll talk about that later. But uh, West Ham, uh, obviously, a far better team than their league position suggests. They got a narrow home victory, and uh, I think Altmar actually fancied it on their home ground, playing the second leg at home, only one goal down. But uh, West Ham gave a a masterly defensive performance, got the goal, and that was it. Unfortunately, the Altmar fans uh, decided to uh, misbehave, and of all people that they should attack among the West Ham fans, it was the players' wives and families. So uh, there was a bit of a kerfuffle at the end, which left a sour taste. But uh, for West Ham, uh, they'll they'll go into this thinking that they can add their first trophy for a very long time. And it's nice for Declan Rice that he gets one final before he goes to a bigger club. Um, Des Corkhill. Meanwhile, it was Basel 1, Fiorentina 3, one of the great names of football, Fiorentina. It's nice to see them around again. If you want dramatic last-minute winners, how about one 10 minutes into the last minute of extra time? So they added 10 minutes on at the end of extra time. So 130 minutes into this game, Anthony Barak scored Fiorentina's winner to give them a 3-1 win in Basel. This is after um, Baal. I'm not going to call them Basel. Baal had uh, won the first leg by two goals to one in, in Florence. Fiorentina turned it round. So Fiorentina, who I think last made a final in the 60s, Never mind West Ham's in the 70s. Uh, they're they're um, in a final against West Ham, and it should be a, a marvellous occasion, full house. Um, hopefully there is none, none of the violence. But So we talked about the, the top table. Everyone's been decrying Cam Razam, looking at you, this UEFA Conference League. For West Ham and Fiorentina, this makes their season. This is huge, and these are big-ish clubs. And so for them to make European finals, it's brilliant. I'm so cheesed off with those who decry uh, the Conference League. And Cam, I'm looking at you once again. Well, I'm mean, making an argument for creating yet another cup. for Because it matters to teams. It's <laughs> not just about the mega-rich. It's not just about the billionaires. It's about the Altmars, forget their fans. It's about the West Ham's who've been loyal supporters. It's about the Fiorentinas. It's about the balls. They're every bit as important as your multi-millionaires who, who are, are ruining football at the top end. Ah, oh, Des Corco, you're, you're making me care. Uh, <laughs> we don't want that to happen. Okay, Gogolin. Meanwhile, Leverkusen, this is in the Europa League. Leverkusen, nil, Roma, nil. It is so Mourinho to enjoy winning on a nil-nil. Uh, I saw the stats on this game, and Roma created and did basically absolutely nothing except <laughs> have their goalkeeper do six saves, and Mourinho's through. Yay! That's what Mourinho does, right? He goes to clubs, wins trophies. You know, he's a serial winner. He knows how to win it. And I think, like, I, I think we've spoken on the show on how he's settled in Italy right now. He's got his folk there with him, his, his brethren with him, and he's, he's he's quite settled. He's enjoying it. The media love him there. So he's uh, he, he will win the Cup at Roma. And, you know, he'll... It'll he'll be, be his like, sixth. His yeah. sixth European. Exactly. I think... I think you know, I, <laughs> It's Sevilla, right? They're playing Sevilla, right? In the Sevilla, yes. Yeah. Sevilla, like the Champions League, uh, Europa League specialist. So it's not all cut and dry yet. So we'll, it's good to see what happens. 
Yeah. And uh, Bob, I don't know if you saw this one, but the actually talk about excitement, the Sevilla to Juventus one and Sevilla go through. This is after extra time. I mean, it was I thought Juventus had this one and then Sevilla, who won the the Euro, Europa Cup 50 times, um, uh, five times, I think. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if you saw it or, or, or Des for that matter. It was, uh, it was quite a turnaround. Yeah. Well, uh, Seville seemed to uh, regard this competition rather like Real Madrid treat the Champions League. It's, it's their own personal prof- property. And, you know, with five wins in a, a relatively short history, it's only been going like this particular iteration of it has only been going about 10 years. But of course, it was the UEFA Cup before that's been going a bit longer. Still, it, it's an incredible achievement, and it does show the depth, actually, of Spanish football. I mean, we talk about it's always a two-horse race or possibly three with Atletico. Um, but Seville, uh, who come, who reckon to come in the top four, uh, they, they're not usually in contention for their own league title ever, but they still managed to win a European trophy. So that that is really something to shout about. I mean, they've got a great fan base, a very vociferous crowd at home. They're very formidable in Seville, but they do have to play away games. So all credit to them. And we thought it was Unai Emery who was the magician, but he's he's been gone a couple of years and uh, they're still winning it, or at least getting to the final. So great stuff, and I'm glad Juventus lost. As Des well know, uh, knows, I, I don't like Juventus because I think they're the biggest cheats in football. Far bigger uh, than, than Man City or anybody else for that matter. They got punished, for which they got punished. You, well, they, they've not. been punished. For, yes, they were relegated, weren't they, a long yeah, time that's, ago? That's punishment. Yeah. But they got yeah, their 15 punishment. points back but, this year. They were relegated yeah, they 15 just, points and got them back. Dock, yeah, they got dock 15, and then they gave it back to them. So uh, we don't know where where we are with them. They but the title's safe. That's Napoli's. But I I I mean they were uh, prime movers in the Super League as well, which is typical of them. That mm. uh, Agnelli, the um, the Fiat car car man. Um, no, he's he's bad news for football. That guy. So I'm glad <laughs> Juventus got knocked out. Until Bob spoke, I had no cares about Juventus one way or the other. Now I hate them. <laughs> uh, the surprise for me was to see Angel de, uh, de Maria popping up. It's like, oh, I thought you were at PSG. Where did you, where did you come from? And then, and then, and Shezny as well. Like, where? What? Uh? Um, so the where are they now edition of football. So uh, meanwhile, we're going to jump to surprisingly, um, this is actually worth more money than either the Europa League or the certainly Europa Conference League Cups, the playoffs to get from the championship up into the Premier League. Let's start with uh, Des Middlesbrough played against Coventry. Coventry beat Middlesbrough 1-0 over two legs. It was 0-0 uh, in, at the Rico Stadium in front of 30,000 at the weekend. And last night, um, uh, sorry, in, in midweek, Coventry beat Middlesbrough 1-0. So they're in the final and they'll take on Luton. So two former Premier League clubs are, are back in the fight. But the fight that these two clubs have come through, mm. both have been right down in the bottom leagues. Luton were out of the league. They were in the National League just a, a decade ago. And the way they've fought themselves back. And again, I'm, I'm going to repeat myself. This is what football is about. It's not about just 
the big boys. It's about these stories for Luton and Coventry. That's, it's, it's a phenomenal turnaround for Mark Robbins. You look at their squad and truly there is nobody you recognise, and yet they've gone to Middlesbrough, won 1-0 against the team who's who peaked maybe about a month ago, Middlesbrough. So Coventry versus Luton in the playoff final and um, £150, million, uh, £150 million effectively goes to the winner for next season. Because Coventry, uh, Coventry were in a terrible financial situation. Um, I'm, I'm surprised they're here at all. Uh, Near, actually, nearly went well, under, nearly yeah. very, very close to going under altogether. They didn't even have a ground to play yeah. on. They were uh, they were borrowed uh, somebody else's ground, um, and even now it's only a five year rental for the Rico Stadium. So even now, so they, this this makes Coventry this 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 um, this run. Well, Bob mm. uh, Luton Luton, I I've seen photographs of their grounds. It's appalling. Uh, how <laughs> how do they how I mean if they were to get in, how do they even afford to pay for that? Well, it's a good point, actually. I wonder whether it will even get the safety certificate for the for the Premier League. Um, I mean, they might put a limit of about 2,000 on the crowd or something because it's a ramshackle, wooden in, in places, uh, uh, stands. Um, it, it really is Victorian. I, I think it's uh, 130 years old, this ground. And... Um, they uh, they almost went out of business. They went out of the league uh, altogether. And what this shows, and we'll come to uh, an, an amazing comeback in a minute, but what this shows is that football is a game where literally anything can happen. And you've got this. Pe- people are saying this is inevitable now that the state-owned clubs will win everything. Well, only if they have somebody as good as Pep Guardiola's manager then they then they will but as i say as i said before look at psg look at all these other teams who have thrown billions at uh, football in the past for for donkey's years but psg do win the french league they win the french but they're not i mean they're that's some, that is something jago kampongs aren't they they oh. never do anything in europe mm-hmm. laughing stock in fact okay so well, but this ability of clubs with the fans rallying around bucket collections and all this sort of thing yeah. to rise literally from the dead. That is the spirit of football. Mm-hmm. And the first match that I ever watched football match was actually when uh, Coventry won the FA Cup back in 83 Seven. or something. 1987. 87. Oh, that was a great match. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, Gogolin, you as an Aston Villa fan, you've been in this situation before watching these uh, playoffs and these fights to, 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 to get up. You must, you must feel for the, the fans of, uh, Luton and uh, Coventry, uh, and any advice to them? Well, I feel for the fans of Middlesbrough, they were on a red, red hot streak, right? You know, yeah. odds on favorite to go up, and you know, like Des said, I think they peaked too early. I'm very, very surprised they didn't make it. So, yes, Coventry and Luton have a lot of to look forward to. I mean, the fact that Coventry and Luton are in the playoffs is a really a testament to how that team has come through the championship. The champo is not for the faint hearted, and these teams. They don't even have that much depth and they've come through how many games to come up in the playoffs. So it's, it is really, really um, uh, heartwarming to see this. And, you know, what, like Des and Bob were saying, this is the football. If you want to really watch your football without the state teams involved, watch the championship. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> you've got to stream it because you can't watch it on Astro. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're, we're struggling to get you to watch Malaysia League, Cam. So 
Wow. Let's start with the let's start with yeah. the local stuff first. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, I think we've run out of time for the Notts County. Sorry, Bob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move on. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. I've got. It's always like another year. Uh, no, we'll come back to that in a moment here on Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM eighty nine point nine. Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. Welcome back uh, with myself, Cam Raslan, Gogolin, Bob Holmes and Des Corkill. I wanted to go straight into the Premier League fixtures coming up, but the, the, the pundits were up in arms. It was I lost the dressing room and they said they wanted to talk more playoffs. And uh, let's start with you, Des. Sheffield Wednesday, come back. It's very exciting, apparently. Well, they were 4-0 down against Peterborough after the first leg, down and out, managed to pull it back to Four all by winning 4-0 with a 98-minute equaliser. Sent it to extra time. Scored an own goal right at the end of the first um, period of extra time. Peterborough leading again. Sheffield Wednesday come back and score in the second half of extra time. Five all on aggregate. Penalty shootout to get to Wembley for a place in the playoff finals. Sheffield United win the, win the penalty shootout. These playoffs, they are magnificent entertainment. If you're a coach or a fan, I would imagine you need a pacemaker. Because there's so much goes on. Um, we we talked about Middlesbrough. We talked about Sunderland going out. But if you're a Peterborough fan, gosh, what do you think? And then Bobble, I'm sure we'll talk you through the um the, the fight to get into League Two. We talked about Wrexham and um, Notts County have got in there as well, but not in the easy manner, Bob. I understand. Yeah, uh, not at all, Des. I think um, I, I just hope that the the two owners of Wrexham, the Hollywood boys, have been following this because. They wouldn't have even scripted it there, what happened to Knox County. They narrowly lost to Wrexham in the in the, the game, the deciding game, uh, as to see who took the automatic spot. Then they were plunged into the playoffs, and they found themselves against a team, Boreham Wood, who get about 1,000 people watching them, who finished 35 points below them in the table. <laughs> and they were losing. I mean, with, you know, minutes to go. This was in the semi-final. Uh, great drama there, went to extra time. And then in the playoff final, they find themselves against a team, Chesterfield, who at least have been in the league a long time ago, uh, who finished 23 points behind. And they still needed extra time and penalties to get through, but they did it. But that's the drama of, of football in the lower leagues. You couldn't script it in Hollywood. Were you able to watch it? Uh, I no, because I didn't see it because Forrest and Chelsea were on at the same time. Oh, I see the heart. So the heart, I, I do. Yeah, I, 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 I was yeah. watching that, right. but uh, you could have done. Um, a mate of mine watched it here okay. uh, through <clears throat> National League TV. Paid the subscription and somehow got it on his whatever. Okay, so uh, if you don't mind. Fellas, I'd like to move on now from the uh, playoffs. <laughs> uh, by the way, I believe Wrexham and Notts County are odds-on to get promoted again next season. Um, so we'll, we'll have to watch that space. So, uh, Bob, five years' time, Champions League final, Notts County versus Real Madrid? Who knows? Well, uh, uh, depends which nation-state buys them over, doesn't it? I <laughs> suppose, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think just for kicks, we could probably cobble together enough money. So we move on then to um, the, the Premier League. Let's start actually with the game that just passed, which was uh, Goglin, uh, Newcastle. Brighton, yeah. Uh, Newcastle 4, Brighton 1. And wow, Newcastle, they're really cementing their place. 
Yeah, they're also blowing hot and cold. Brighton are blowing hot and cold. You know, it's uh, it's it, Brighton doesn't seem to be on a. Were they playing under strength squad? Because I didn't see much of the players there. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I was, I was very surprised though about that. So Newcastle, you know, when they start clicking, you know, it's it's they 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 deserve their spot. And we talk about state-owned uh, clubs, and this is a this is the richest, technically the richest club in the world, if I'm not mistaken. So and look at what they've done. But Gogolin, I mean, if they get if they get Champions League, do you think uh, they've been kind of like famous now for their sensible purchases? Do you think they'll get a go, go a bit crazy and go, "Oh my God, we're in the Champions League! Let's win the Champions League!" and then start buying, I don't know. Uh, 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 yeah, but it goes back to what Daniel Bob was saying. You you can buy all the players in the world, but if you don't have a manager who can win you the Champions League, it's all you know goes to a mood. Look at again PSG, you know. A lot of teams, you Chelsea, a lot of teams spend loads of money. You know, you have a, a certain elite amount of managers. Eddie Howe is, I mean, we've spoken about this past few years about Eddie Howe, and I personally, how much I enjoy his uh, management style. And I, for once, thought he was a better candidate for England than Gareth Southgate, and I still do, actually, come to think of it. So, mm. you know, given a few time, given a few years, yes, he will join that elite, you know, and it's time an English manager joins that elite group. Okay, so we move. I mean, forward. I, I want to ask the rest here. Who do you think among the English managers can join the elite group in the next few years? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I had hopes for Potter. I had hopes for Graham Potter, mm. but um, that that yeah. seems to have been dashed. Well, as long as you didn't say Frank Lampard. Yeah, no, no. that's Steve Gerrard, of course. Of course, You're Steve. Discounting uh, Big Sam, are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. No. You're uh, discounting Big Sam. Ooh. And there's, there's no, no, like, I'm asking you guys. Well, what do you? Well, think? there's that. There's that young no, guy I'd at Crystal Eddie Palace, Roy yeah, Hodgson. Uh, I mean, Roy Hodgson's uh, free scoring. I mean, they're, they're like Brazil 1970. He's staying on for another year. Is he? Oh, is yeah. he? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's the latest. I look forward yeah. to that. I look forward to that. Um, let's move on then. Bob, uh, your Nottingham Forest is going to be Forest at home against Arsenal. A point or definitely three points would would save Forest. And against a rather defeated, deflated Arsenal, it's a... Yeah, well, the odds have uh, changed slightly, I think, in uh, Forrest's favour. I didn't fancy this at all. Uh, I think Arsenal are far, far superior to Forrest. They thrashed uh, Forrest 5-0 um, at the Emirates earlier in the season. Uh, huge golfing class in just about every department. I, I really didn't uh, think there was much hope. But with the title being uh, decided already... Uh, mm. Arsenal, as you say, are deflated, and I, I can't see them mustering too much. I mean, they'll be pride; they'll have pride at stake, and Arteta certainly won't want to let the, their heads drop or anything like that. But they won't be as motivated as Forest. I mean, Forest are literally fighting for their lives, and they're at home, and they're a different proposition at home. So I'd say they, they've got a chance. I've said all along this season; I've used the, the phrase "fighting chance." It doesn't mean confident. Mm, mm. But I'm That's the best that we can ask for in life. Uh, so, uh, Des, meanwhile, we have, and Goldman for that matter, we've got a head-to-head now, Liverpool versus Villa. And uh, Liverpool have things to play for. This is a chance to really do something quite remarkable and get into that Champions League spot. Um, Villa, perhaps on the beach. So, uh, how do you think this one's going to Who are you go? asking first? Uh, let's go with Des first. 
Um, I thought last night's result for Newcastle was huge for this because if um, I, I thought Brighton might go in and, and upset Newcastle and that would have made it really close. But uh, Newcastle got a four-point lead over, over Liverpool. Liverpool are basically, all Liverpool can do is win their two games. They've got this Villa game. They've got Southampton. Villa, I think, have just gone off the boil just a little bit. Um, might even miss out on Europe having looked um, so strong. Uh, yeah, th- there was a good win against was it Wolves last week for Villa, but L- Liverpool Spurs, are Spurs. beginning. Uh, Spurs, sorry, yeah, Liverpool are beginning to fire on cylinders. It's um, six league games in succession with victories, some of them very iffy, uh, some of them very close. But Liverpool have got that winning feeling back once again, and it's the end of Bob. It's Bobby Firmino's last game at Anfield. I think there's going to be a really party atmosphere. And the players will want to end up on Anfield on a real high. So I think this might be a very positive day for Liverpool. And all they can do is hope that Man United and uh, or Newcastle drop points in their remaining games. But um, Will, I feel, are just off the boil. Liverpool have got a lot still to play for in these final two games of the season. Yeah, so... Uh... Gogolin, uh Villa players will be playing in their flip-flops uh, <laughs> with their beach towels. Um they, they don't care. I, I, I'm actually glad they're missing out. And if they're not going to go for the you know Champions League and, and maybe Europa, the Europa Conference League is not what I would prefer personally prefer. So it's for them to miss out, yes. But you know, it's there's the pros and cons to it for Emery. Again, I concur with what they're saying. Um, Liverpool are red hot right now, six game winning streak. They have a lot to play for. The Champions League is in there trying to reel United in, but that Newcastle result and um, the game in hand United has has put them. Uh, in their destiny in their own hands. So Liverpool can just win, only have to win the remaining games and see what happens. But it, uh, Liverpool at home, and again now, what I forgot about the Bobby Firmino's last Anfield game, Milner's last Anfield game, Naby Keita's Anfield game, the Ox's last Anfield game. So it will be a raucous atmosphere at the COP and Anfield show. And, you know, I think uh, Liverpool at home is just a bit too much for Villa at the right. Mm. I, I, don't I, would, pay- I would love it, but I don't think I don't see yes, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, so much uh, Bob depends on what Man United do in their run into the end. So they're going to be playing Bournemouth. Bournemouth at home. Bournemouth. Are real- can, I, can I ask what is the uh, which you, the United's uh, game, game in game in hand is against Chelsea? They've got Chelsea and <laughs> Fulham. All right. Yeah. Well, Ch- Chelsea could be real spoilers here. Is that a midweek game? It's a midweek game, and then they've got Fulham at home on the last game, both at Old Trafford. So Bob, uh, Bob, where do you where do you yeah. stand on Man United's uh, running then? Well, I think it's fairly comfortable actually. Um, I mean, they've they've got that extra game, uh, and they've got one point more than Liverpool. So I think they've steadied. Uh, they've got one or two players back. Garnacho, who I mentioned last week, I think he was a big miss. He came back and scored uh, the winner, um, and you, you saw the difference it made. So I think they'll um, they'll just kind of struggle on, you know, without being too impressive. But unfortunately, Liverpool have left it too late this time. Last time when they did it with Alisson's famous header, they did it in the nick of time. This time, two games too late, I think, before also, they Also, United, this um, two games at home. So their home form is imperious right now. So, you know, their away form yeah. is yeah, atrocious, but... The home form right now is red hot, so yeah. it's Chelsea. Chelsea will do somebody. Chelsea. You better hope for that one. Chelsea will do. It's due somebody. Somebody's due a Chelsea. I, I I keep saying that they've got too many good players. Chelsea, too many. Yeah, but they got Frank Lampard running it to the hands wide. Um, and it's Chelsea. <laughs> I don't know. I, I yeah. I, I mean, until we started talking about this, I was thinking Liverpool are going to do it, but now I think they're not. So that's that. I'm easily persuaded. 
Uh, and uh, so, Des, meanwhile, let's go to the bottom of the league. Uh, Newcastle versus Leicester. It, I mean, I've been thinking for so long, Leicester cannot go down. They're too good to go down. But they are mired second to last in the league. And 30 points. Can they possibly get anything against Newcastle? No, nope, same here. I, I was thinking Leicester too good to go down. And then I watched them play. <laughs> and, and and they're not they they just seem bereft and you look through their squad of players and it's a really good squad of players injuries at the back have really cost them now it's a confidence issue um and despite I, I think Harvey Barnes is a terrific um, winger um I love James Madison but they're just conceding so many goals so many bad goals um they just after the World Cup it looked like they'd done it but no now they're it's odds on that they'll go down because they've got um, Newcastle away. And I think their last game is, if I recall, uh, Leicester have got West Ham. That's the West Ham game. So that'll be an awkward one for them as well. So they're relying on other teams dropping points and them getting points at Newcastle and home to West Ham. Very tough. Yeah. Well, we got, we got to, uh, when we come back from the break, we've got a bit more of the, the, the relegation battle. But uh, Bob, I want to ask you, so uh, Des has been talking up this team called Chelsea uh, as potential giants. <laughs> uh, I've heard of Chelsea. I think they've had a, a storied past. Man City versus Chelsea. Do you think Chelsea can pull themselves together and be a, a threat to anybody apart from themselves? Uh, well, they've um, they've actually won a game <laughs> under Frank Lampard, haven't they? That's uh, it was it's beginning to look as if they wouldn't, but uh, they did. Um, Forrest managed to hold them to a draw, uh, which uh, doesn't look too good for Chelsea. Forrest uh, away form is is absolutely rank. Um, but uh, they they have hired uh, Maurizio Pochettino, mm. and I think they uh, I think that's a, a a very good choice. I think he's probably the best uh, guy available, and uh, he's coming in at the right time for him. Uh, it's never any good to follow a, a great uh, a great manager, like uh, as many Manchester United managers have found out trying to follow Alex Ferguson. The same will happen at City when Pep leaves. Um, and there, uh, whereas Chelsea are in a mess, and anyone who can uh, work any sort of modest improvement will be regarded as a as a success. Well, Pochettino's got pedigree. I mean, he he did wonders at Spurs, got them to the Champions League final, and uh, he's. I think he's a, a. He talks a lot of sense. He encourages attacking football. He likes young players. Uh, yeah, I think he's a great choice. But he's not officially in charge, and he won't be making his presence felt until he's had them for preseason training and all that. So you're. Chelsea are still essentially under Frank Lampard at the moment, but at least they've got hope for next season. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Goglin, will it round off with another team that's, well, it's the Chelsea of North London, Tottenham versus Brentford. Um, Brentford now, uh, West London's leading team. So uh, Tottenham, what a bizarre team. And, and I mean, they could win. They could lose. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You know, I mean... When I saw the Villa game against Spurs, and this Spurs is unrecognizable. It's, I'm really wondering where Harry Kane is going to be staying after that game. You know, they have a really good squad, if you ask me. You know, it's just that I, I, I'm, I, I really have no idea what happened to the team after you know Conte left. 
he must have seen something in it for him to leave in that in that state in that spectacular fashion. So you know, and it's coming home to roost now. You know, Ryan Mason is steadying the ship somewhat, but it's still like with the squad they have. You know, the talent they have on that pitch, it's surprising. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to what uh, Bob was saying: if you don't have a good manager in there, you know, you're all over the shop. And really, I was really surprised. I expected a bit more from Spurs against Villa last weekend. Yeah, um, Spurs a mess. Big surprise. <laughs> It's been that since the last 40 years. So um, let's move on. In a moment, we're going to look at the fight for the bottom and Malaysian football and sea games here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to part four of Just for Kicks with Bob, Goglin, and Des. And now, Des, let's start with the fight for the bottom. Wolves versus Everton. I think Everton is... I mean, no, no, no team can afford to go down, but Everton seriously can't afford to go down. And uh, they're in a uh, 32 points, one point above the drop zone. How do you see this one going? Oh, it's between Everton and Leeds. Everton have got this game. They're at home to Bournemouth. So I can see Everton getting at least 35 points, maybe 36. That means Leeds have got to find a win from either their game at home to Tottenham. Thanks, Tottenham. Or, or um, at West Ham. Um, but Everton, that, that 5-1 win over Brighton really rescued Everton's season. They lose that, they're already down. So they've given themselves a fighting chance. Dominic Calvert-Lewin has come into the team at just the right time. Um, they still concede too many goals, but uh, the Man City performance was good until that marvellous Godongan uh, first goal. Everton are scrappers. You're quite right, they can't afford to go down. There's an immediate £150 million loan to be paid if they do go down. But I do hear there's somebody ready to buy out Mashiri. Um, there's, there's word a on nation the state? A nation state? No, it's not a nation state. It's a, it's oh. a, it's a billionaire. But um, oh. but Mashiri's a billionaire. A billionaire is not enough these days. No. Um, so so the future does look okay so long as they stay in the in the Premier League. It means it's a must-not-lose game at Wolves or a at least equal the lead result at Wolves uh, and then must beat Bournemouth in the final game of the season. It'll but, be Fibrala Goodison. But what do you what do you think it's going to be though? Uh, Everton just to get a uh, Everton to get a point at Wolves and Everton to beat Bournemouth to stay up. And so you're predicting it's going to be Leeds and Leicester. Leeds, Leeds and Leicester to, to join Southampton going down. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, Bob, let's have an overview uh, of the bottom as well. So we got West Ham versus Leeds, and how do you see that one going? Which which three clubs do you see going down? Well, actually, I think Leeds have got a bit of a sniff against uh, West Ham. Uh, West Ham will be, um, well, not on the beach, but uh, probably in party mood, having uh, reached a European final. It's amazing how these late developments can can swing the, the balance a bit. Just as I said about Arsenal, uh, Forrest going into that game with no hope, and then suddenly... Uh, Arsenal lose another game and Forrest have got hope. Same here. I think that uh, Sam Allardyce, he's had the players now for two weeks and he has uh, engendered some improvement. You can see that. They're much more organised. He changed the goalkeeper, who's uh, Melier. He he was a promising uh, uh, goalkeeper, but he lost confidence. And Big Sam could see that a mile away. I mean, he's been watching all this on TV before he came back into the game. And he's uh, restored some confidence and some organization to Leeds defense because they were shipping goals for for fun. So I think they've got a chance. 
And uh, I hate to say it, but I think forests are still in danger. They've got a tricky away game at the uh, right at the end. I mean, this, I think we probably all agree, this is going to go to added time on the final day. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be unbelievable drama. But where are you on the final day, Bob? Crystal Palace. Palace. Yeah, wow. Crystal yeah, Palace. But can, I, yeah. can I ask, Bob, you know, uh, uh, Forrest bought a lot of players at the beginning of the season. That's just a big financial commitment. Um, how? What kind of financial state would they be in if they go down? Well, they'll get the parachute payment, um, and they lost, they bought a lot of players, but the actual amount they spent was probably not as much as you you think. Okay. Um, the most expensive player was Morgan Gibbs White for twenty five million. They've got mm. a, if if they stay up, they have to pay another five million. Okay, if they stay up, we won't be having this discussion. Okay. Um, so they they could they could. They'd be looking at bouncing back. I can tell you that. Yeah. Because yeah. they've been down there before. Works, you know, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, that's generally the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all right. All right. Talk about parachute payments. It's actually trampoline payments. Such is the advantage that the relegated team gets. Uh, do, over doesn't the always happen. I mean, Villa. I think Villa did that, didn't they? They they were one season down and then back up again. No, uh, no, no. They were there for three 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 seasons. Oh, really? That's yeah. how much I care about Villa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, evidently. For three years, I did notice. Um, Gogolin, uh, so of these various teams at the bottom, how do you see it going? There's there's Leeds going to be playing West Ham. There's Everton, Leicester. No, I'm Leeds, Leicester. Leeds and Leicester for me. Yeah. yeah. So, simple as that. Yeah. Because because Leeds, I mean Sam Allardyce, come on. Yeah, that's a bit too late. If he pulls it off, he pulls it, 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 it's it's great what he does, but I think it's a bit too late. All that's right. why his bonus is so high. Yep. <laughs> if he can pull it off, two and a half million, I understand, to stay in for four games. Well, two and a half million is nothing if you stay in the Premier League. Correct. Yeah. Well, uh, on the Monday show, we're going to be having uh, Arvin Sidhu, uh, who is going oh. to be coming pitch side from Leeds. Oh. Uh, for for our broadcast, well, not exactly pitch side, but he's in England anyway, and he's been watching Leeds out there, so he'll he'll tell us what he thinks. Tears are always good radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, please, I, please please leave me into ten minutes only. I I don't want to see Bob cry. I and so I'm hoping that Forrest stay up. I, I wouldn't. Well, I, you know, from from a from from a neutral point of view, look at for Leeds fans and Forest fans. Forest fans that are really, you know, they, they know they've accepted and they are. Leeds fans live on cloud nine. I have no idea what atmosphere they live in. They think that they, I I, don't, I think don't think enough time for Leeds fans. But Leeds fans live in a different time zone planet. I think. Do you want to yeah. give out your Twitter address, Gogs? They know it. Yeah, yeah, that's good because uh, Leeds fans also. Famous for their gentleness. Yes. Uh, so I'm sure they'll accept every word you say. Uh, okay, Des Corkill. Meanwhile, um, well, speaking of uh, pitch side uh, fracas, uh, the Sea Games, what happened there? Uh, Southeast Asian football continues to just shoot itself in the foot. So uh, Sea Games final, under 23 final, Indonesia versus Thailand. Indonesia not won it for best part of 30 years, the Sea Games. Um uh, a, a feisty game. Um, Indonesia 2 0 up at half time. Thailand pulling back 2 1, going into the 97th minute. The referee blows the whistle, and uh, the Indonesian players and fans think they've won. And they, the coaches go on the pitch celebrating. Uh, the referee hadn't blown the whistle for full time, he'd blown it for a free kick. So all the players come off the pitch, having a talk to the Thai um, bench. I've got to be said, 
taunting the tie bench as a result of them thinking they'd won it. Um, whistle goes again. Free kick comes in. Thailand equalise. The tie bench respond by taunting in a very aggressive manner the Indonesian side, the first of two brawls. Uh, so into extra time. First minute of extra time. It's two all at full time. First minute of extra time. Indonesia score. The Indonesia bench come and have a look at the tie bench. And another brawl ensues. A couple of players sent off. A couple of coaches sent off. Um, and Indonesia go on and win the game by five goals to two with Thailand having two other players sent off for legitimate football fouls. Um, but Indonesia won it, but all the headlines are about the, the fracas on the touchline, the lack of control, the Thai management, the Thai general manager has resigned. Um, the disgust from uh, the, the whole ASEAN community has been thrown at Thailand. Personally, I thought Indonesia instigated a, a lot of the, the bad blood that went on. Uh, but instigation and reaction uh, dealt with in very, very different manners all over the world, which I have an issue with, but never mind. But Indonesia at the end win the game. Full stop. It, but um, memorable once again in Southeast Asia for all the wrong reasons. It's never about the flipping football. Gogolin, did you did you see this? I couldn't watch it, actually. I yeah, I, I, I watched the thing. I, I thought it was the Thais who started it. So, you know, I was pretty much because I thought the Indonesian story was over and then they celebrated. And then they went back on, to, went back on and then when Thailand scored, the Thais were rushing because the Indonesians rushed onto the pitch to celebrate because they thought the time was up. Then they realized it wasn't and they went back to the other side. And then when Thailand scored, Thailand rushed there and started uh, uh, this thing, but they didn't start then. And then when uh, Indonesia scored again, they ran to the Thai side and that's when it started. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad it's not Malaysia. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's good TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shopping yeah. scenes. Let's have another look. But yeah. wrong headlines. Wrong headlines. Uh, Okay, well, very quickly, you've got like one minute, if that, on. Um, I've, I'm sorry about this, Malaysia Super League. Yeah, um, well, so Johor are top of the table, played 10, won 10, scored 43, scored one. By far the top of the pile. They're in oh action God. against Kuching City tonight, actually. They're, they're probably about half time now. The game of this week is probably Sabah versus Trungano. Trungano struggling a little bit down in ninth place at the moment. Um, Sabah uh, have dropped a little bit. The surprise team, though, have been Pahang. They are joint second with Salango, both eight points behind Johor Darul Taksim. Um, Pahang played Penang. That's a, a Saturday, a nine o'clock kickoff. Perak Salango, Kelantan United, KL City also taking place tomorrow. But Johor runaway leaders. It's a it's a battle for the second um, AFC Champions League slot between Salango, Pahang, Sabah, Kedah, maybe KL, maybe Negri Sembalam. Uh, but a lot, a lot of football going on. This game's in the midweek as well. That's 43 goals for one yeah. against. Phenomenal. And that, and that one against was a careless penalty. They are streaked ahead. They're, they're very, very, very good. They are yeah. a good team. Yeah. Kind of nation state. <laughs> kind of. In a nation context. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> kind of, um, sort of. Again, money money well spent in, in a nation yeah. state kind of way. But um, yeah. um, but Sal- Salanga have got a, a little bit of nation state backing. So behind. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's show. And I'd like to thank Des Corkill. Thank you so much. I hope I didn't ruin everybody's party. No, not at all. No, I've, I've, yeah, I hate Manchester City now. <laughs> and uh, Gogolin, thank you. Thank you for having me. See you uh, guys soon. A relaxed uh, Gogolin, by the way. This is a- <laughs> on the beach. On the beach. On the beach. On the beach. <laughs> and uh, a Bob Holmes, who could be very happy next week when we see him when his team have thrashed uh, Arsenal. Well, I sincerely hope I'm on the beach by then, but I, I think there's uh, a bit more agonizing to go through yet. 
Okay. So, uh, well, thank you very much. And uh, join us next time on uh, Just for Kicks here on BFM 89.9. Oh, oh by, by the way, and pro- our producer, Hanif Baharuddin, I remembered. <laughs> thank you, Hanif. Uh, here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. For more football, tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8pm. Just for kicks on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.